listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I hope that we could be bloods one more time. But no, that ain't gonna never happen again because of this. Traded brotherhood for this shit. Right, Paul? That motherfucker walked backwards, you can Eddie, you black as a damn crow. Ain't white like snow. And if you didn't know, if you ain't got no dough, then you don't go. And that's for damn show. <laughs> yeah, well, my mama told me mm-hmm. that money is the root of... Welcome to the One Take Podcast, episode 29, actually, now, because uh, we're getting off track, but it doesn't matter. Dex ruined the last one before this. We're going to keep talking about it, but it doesn't matter. We are joined by none other than Garrett Hardy, coming to you live from A-Town, not Atlanta, Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cap. <laughs> What's up? Happy to be here. <laughs> um garrett joins us because he and uh jake knew each other and um but the thing about this is that garrett absolutely fucking hated this movie i did i did hate this movie and i've been trying to come up with some reasons to not rag on it so hard so I'll play a little devil's advocate here but i yeah i definitely didn't like this one well but you're in the right place if you don't like a movie um <laughs> Because that is where we are. Everybody else, how we doing? Dex, Jake, Caitlin, as always. I I've been crying in my bathtub for three days straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's real sad girl hours for uh, our girl Caitlin right now. Sometimes, sometimes I'll just text our group chat and just be like, yet again, I'm crying in the bathtub. <laughs> it's been the bad three thing hours. About- the bad thing about that is that all of us are like, yeah, so Spike Lee doesn't really. <laughs> Jake, no, that, how we do it? What? That's truly, I was just say, that's the appropriate way to handle that, though, is to just totally dismiss me. Like, because I actually agree. Because otherwise, I'll just be like, let me tell you why I'm sad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, um, so if uh, you haven't learned by now, we are now doing a new movie, folks. We got new content to go over instead of stuff that's 30 years old. Um, shout out to our streaming overlords. Shout out. They did it again, guys. They did it again. They, they brought again. us they brought us new content. It's The Five Bloods, a Spike Lee joint. Um, it, uh, let me go ahead and read the synopsis, and then we'll get into it really quick. The Five Bloods came out just a few, uh, few days ago, June 12th. Four African-American vets battle the forces of man and nature when they return to Vietnam seeking the remains of their fallen squad leader and the gold fortune he helped them hide. It is directed by Spike Lee, written by Danny Bilson, Paul DeMeo, and there's two more credits on this as well. I think, yeah, Spike Lee and Kevin Wilmot also uh, wrote on this movie. It stars uh, Delroy Lindo, Jonathan Majors, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., uh melanie i don't know how you pronounce his last name theory theory Cheer- whatever T- theory uh, thierry french That's, i i have a friend that has that last name so i feel like it's 
teary, probably, the way they say it. I don't know. Yeah. Who cares? And our, and our good boy, Paul Walter Hauser. Um, this uh, came out on Netflix. So, yeah, sh- shout out to our streaming overlords. Uh, blessing us with new content. This has a uh, 6.7 on IMDb, which is a feel like lower than it actually should be normally. And an 82 uh, critic score on Metacritic, which is actually very high. Um uh, has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, and get this, whoo boy, um, a 57% audience score on <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll give you five guesses to why that is. I feel I feel like white critics are scared of criticizing this movie because I'm gonna be honest with you. So like, well, I think that's actually probably very true. Like. Yeah. But, I, was uh, a little, I was a little nervous in the group chat. I was like, if I say I don't like yeah. it, am I about to get dumped on? <laughs> like, what's going to happen? <laughs> Are you not for the cause, Caitlin? <laughs> you Black like laughs it. not bad you, Caitlin. <laughs> That's what that means, because I don't like this movie. Um, yeah, no, uh, white critics may have been, uh, as Garrett said, scared to give this a bad grade, but uh, white MAGA people were not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they review bomb the shit out of this movie as soon as it came out. Like you go on IMDb and I, I took some screenshots before it, um, before they kind of went away, but it was like one out of 10, one out of 10, two out of 10 was expecting a better movie. And, it, and it's just like, and it's just like, I don't know, not my Spike Lee joints. Like you've never watched a Spike Lee film. Let me, let me <laughs> that's let me Academy fun. Award winner Spike Lee to you, Mr. Ogletree. Yeah. No, well, I mean, not to me, to the people that review Bond. <laughs> I thought I'm the uh, one in this group that liked this movie. And by like, that is very uh, like, like B minus. We'll get into it. All right. Uh, since Garrett is our guest, we'll let him go ahead. Garrett, give a quick review. Give it a letter grade. Tell us what you thought about it. All right. So this movie, movie kind of confused me, to be honest with you. It was, you know, part treasure hunt part war movie and it kind of felt like apocalypse now meets national treasure and then (laughs) malcolm x directed it and (laughs) and overall i'll be honest i'm glad that this story got told because you know most war movies end up being like you know pro-war propaganda type stuff and all that but you know, you never get the the view from the from the black perspective. So, you know, in that regard, I'm really glad this story got told. But overall, I, I got to give this movie a C. Um, it gets it, it. I'm not going to give it a D because, you know, those reasons I stated, you know, I, I'm glad that the story got told. But other than that, I think it was poorly executed all around. Um, didn't like the editing. thought the writing was horrible. Didn't like oh. the cinematography and you know, there wasn't much to go off of for me. The editing in this movie was something that stood out to me because it felt like there was another movie and somebody, I wrote this and I, and I just copying off whoever wrote this on some forum, but it was like, there was like another movie here and then it feels like, and I know this isn't true, but it feels like later they kind of changed some stuff around. It felt like, I don't know some of it, but some of the editing was choppy and stuff like that, regardless of, other things that may have been put in the movie. Uh, Caitlin, what did you think? Um, 
So, <laughs> I will say the issue is that like this movie for me is also tainted by personal experience already. Like you know how like when you watch a movie, but like something bad happens while you're watching that movie, you can't like. I don't know. Anyway, I went on a bad date that was watching. Like Marley this movie. and me when my dog died after. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So my God. so my no. bad my That's bad a true story. date. My bad date is on the same level as your dog dying after Marley. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. <laughs> oh no. I completely agree. They are the exact same. Yours is certainly not worse than mine. <laughs> Nah. Um, R.I.P. Anyway. Max. But there were wait, your date didn't die, Max. did they? No. They oh. just, <laughs> I no, I can't this say is that. A Black Widow situation. No, Kayla, just, do you kill your date? I'm just a salty bitch. Um, mm. and uh, yeah. Anyway, that's not what this is about. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, there are parts of this movie that I genuinely really did like, like aesthetically. Like for instance, I liked the way that the past scenes were always told with like the older men like occupying their past selves. Like bo- mm-hmm. like being those bodies, I thought that was pretty smart. The way that like I mean, it kind of hits you over the head a little bit the idea that the war is still going on. Um it it really knocks you out with that metaphor, but like I think it is done well and i think there are other things like where it incorporates like apocalypse now being the name of a bar for instance in vietnam i think that's pretty interesting in the way that like media like still influences media portrayals of vietnam are influencing the way that vietnam looks and is shaped which i think is interesting i don't care about this movie um (laughs) that's fine and it was two hours and 30 minutes Long. It was long as shit. And it dragged. Yeah, for no reason too. Just long as hell for no reason. They could have cut about. They could have about an hour of this movie out of it. Go ahead. Sorry, Caleb. I just it just drags. Like I, oh man. Like I was kind of sitting there. We had to like restart it after my date. Like I had to redo it, and then even then I still had to like rewatch it later because I did not track. So I've watched this movie for maybe five hours total. So I just I can't. Hmm. But I've Watch met the director's Norm Lewis. Cut. <laughs> I've met Norm Lewis in person and talked to him for twenty minutes in New York, and he is a very nice man. And because of that, I really want to like this movie more than I do. I give it a <laughs> C. Dex, I'm about where y'all are with it. Um, I might be slightly more positive on it just because I found it really compelling throughout. Like I was interested to see where the story was going. Cause like they set up some things pretty early on. It's like, okay, that's going to come back later. And like, I was intrigued for them to come back, which is like good. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't make a lot of sense really as a story or concept. And like Spike Lee was trying to do a lot and most of it just didn't really land for me but some of the performances were really good especially delroy lindo my man was in his bag uh, mm-hmm. caitlin and jake know what that means now hey. <laughs> an educated man the soundtrack was really good i don't know i i enjoyed watching it but like not in a way that i ever want to watch it again really um so i'll give it like a like a c 
I'll give it a C plus. C plus. All right. Just indifference all around. Indifference from the first three of this panel. I think it's going to continue with Jake. Go ahead. Yeah, no, strong, strong having a difference from me. I mean, this would make a great series. I think, like, if if we shove this into, like, five episodes. I agree with that. Maybe it would make a little bit sense, um, especially on the editing choices. But... As a story, it's it's really two separate things because like the first half of the movie is very political. We get a lot of the there were black soldiers that served in Vietnam that you know were working for a corrupt country that hated them, but yet they are still fighting for you know our freedoms. And we get a lot of the war torn Vietnam and how you know American soldiers just destroyed this landscape and ruined lives and killed women and children and everything. And then the back half of this movie is Rambo. <laughs> which defeats the entire purpose of the first half of the film. It's just like very one-sided caricature of any just generic Asian person in a Vietnam film being mowed down. Um, so to me, the messaging is very conflicted and weird. And I, I don't know what Spike Lee was going for. The only other thing that was just way threw me off was the editing. Like, the choice to have the old guys play the young guys and the flashbacks were very disorienting. And I, I don't know what the purpose of that was, but I mean, I get it. I get what we were trying to say, but this was two films shoved together. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into that, that choice, especially because that was one of the things that was jarring is when they were just like, Oh, those are just the old guys <laughs> like running around, <laughs> running around doing flips and shit like good for them. But it's just like, it's like when Robert De Niro was like stomping out that guy in the Irish and you're just like, yeah, you're old. Spike Lee saw all the criticisms of D.H. De Niro and he's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to put the old guys in there. And you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it's like, OK, we'll just they could either de-age them, which we know it's just there is a weird gap right now where we cannot. It's just not there yet. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost there. Like, it looked pretty good with Sam Jackson, but Sam Jackson doesn't look that old to begin with. And mm. But with De Niro and stuff, you're just like, that's just still old-ass Robert De Niro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, like, with this... The, the, un, the Uncanny Valley. Is, yeah, Uncanny Valley. Similar. Thank you. And the Uncanny Valley with the de-aging thing is so weird right now that it's just like... I think Spike Lee was just like, well, I can either do that and it be look weird, or I can recast them and none of us unless they're big name actors like Chadwick Boseman, then no one knows who goes with who. Cause they cut in and out several times and you're just like, Oh wait, so which one's Delroy Lindo, which ones, because they're all just like first name people in this. Mm-hmm. That's maybe what I was thinking, what he was thinking. I don't know, but just a quick review for me. I actually really enjoy ended up enjoying this movie, but there are two separate movies in here. One where like Spike Lee was like, I'm going to hit you over the head with a message. And it's just like, mm-hmm. and it feels like the first half wants to be this sort of like political satire comedy thing where all these dudes are joking around with each other and their chemistry is good in this movie mm-hmm. where they're joking around with each other, but the lines aren't, the dialogue isn't that great to begin with. Um, they force one of the characters to be MAGA, which, okay. Um, and, and, and then, yeah, the back half of it, it, I actually liked the back half more in Delroy Lindo just delving into insanity 
mm-hmm. more than I like them sort of jarring at each other and them not doing anything, just kind of moseying mm-hmm. around Vietnam. And really what does it for me is, even though it's two separate performances and two separate movies, Delroy Lindo's performance in the back half of this movie is incredible to me. I think yeah. I think if he doesn't get any sort of Oscar love or anything like that, sporting actor, what have you, best actor, I think it should be. But he was when he was like talking into the camera, just him giving that monologue and like his wide eyed, like thousand mile stare and all that stuff. I was like, oh, shit, man. Like, I felt it. I don't know. I was just like, it's like he's really angry. Like, he's really mad. And it was, it was, it was really, I fell on that performance phenomenal. And for that, I give it a B plus. Some of the special effects weren't great. Uh, the editing is, I don't, I don't know, but Spike Lee always does that weird where he'll edit in things that are like, this is what happened, or this is who this is. President bone, yeah. president bone spurs or what have you <laughs> like literally, but like, in case you didn't know what side of the aisle that Spike Lee was on. Big mystery. Um, That's yeah. Spike Lee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so I liked it. I ended up liking it a little bit more. Maybe upon rewatch, if I ever do rewatch it again, I won't like it as much. Um, but yeah, I think there's a there's a story that needed to be told in here. And the PTSD aspects of it with Delroy Lindo really upped it up for me. I think I'll go with a, just a solid B. 85. Yeah. Um, so would you want to get into some notes? Anything else before we do that? No, let's get uh, it. Uh, let's note it up. Let's All right, note some notes. Um, uh, okay, so I just put like, okay, just by the intro where they're talking about all of the injustices to black people in, in the 60s and 70s, and 50s, 60s and 70s, like, okay, well, this couldn't have come out at a better time, but you could have said that years ago with the black Klansman as well too so it's just like he's he's on a roll with his timing with this stuff but um absolutely the but those vietnam photos and videos and i know spike lee likes to make people uncomfortable and that's like sort of like this is what you need to see but man when he just walks up to that that video that guy just walking up to him and shooting him in the fucking head and his head is just a fountain and i'm like Oh, like I was just like, oh, like just, I, that was unneeded. It's just like literally like a fountain. His, uh, I don't like it. Yeah, I've seen that video before, and it fucks me yeah. up every single yeah. time that I see it. Like, I have I've not seen, seen that video it. before. I know the photo. Fo- I mean, I know the photo really well because it comes up on every like Vietnam documentary ever. Hmm. Yeah, some of the photos that he interjects here it, with like, especially the one with like the baby with its face blown off. And everything mm-hmm. else, and you're just like, uh, like you're just like, I get it, but I don't want to. I don't have. I don't have to. It's a Netflix movie, man. <laughs> I, don't I don't have to see that. I don't want to. Yeah, this this film was uncharacteristically graphic for for Spike Lee, I think. For sure, yeah. I did write down though, get- that I liked how Black Klansman, like the whole movie takes place in the past, and then like he kind of ends it with a similar montage, like bringing it to the present day, mm-hmm. and then this one he kind of flipped it, so it's like. It's mostly set in the present day, but like he has this montage at the very beginning that like takes you to the past and like gives you all of that background to like make mm-hmm. the story feel more important. I thought it was a really good choice, and the mm-hmm. montage was extremely compelling. I agree. Garrett, what do you think about the opening? Um, I think you know I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was, 
I think it provides some really important context to the film, uh, for sure. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't think. I, I, I liked how he ju- juxtaposed the beginning with uh, Muhammad Ali and then ended the film with with you know MLK. I thought that was a cool uh, juxtaposition. Really graphic. That's all I gotta say about that. Then it just <laughs> then they all meet up with each other and you feel like they've known each other forever because I mean their their chemistry is great. But the dudes in the disco is cracking me up when he's just like they he's do. just like doing oh, he's, he's like doing the chicken. Billy Rock. Oh. <laughs> Got to give it up, fucking goes, man. This thing is amazing. Still, I love how they put Delroy Lindo as like, which one of you cannot dance the best? <laughs> and the Delroy Lindo's on the end, and he's the one because he definitely is not dancing well, and he's the one that's been picked out for the meme. <laughs> <laughs> Where he's just like, I can't. I, I know his, this is not a visual medium, but like. I don't know, Caitlin. No, his legs literally bow in, bow out with, <laughs> with such flexibility. Like, honestly, he's an athlete. Like, uh, I oh, you're never... talking about the guy in the middle. Oh, I'm talking about I'm the talking dude about... No. No, the, the dude, the Delroy Lindo, the, the guy that goes crazy at the very end. Yeah. He's just walking around doing like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was talking about the closing shot when they're walking away and all oh, you yeah. see is his, I don't remember oh, his yeah. names, his legs just going in and out. He's doing out. like a chicken dance. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you're an icon. You're a spiritual movement. Like. <laughs> I like how, um, I like how he goes, one of them, I think it was, may have been Eddie, um, was like, oh, this is my son with his mom or whatever. And he's 18, and he shows him a picture. That dude's 38 years old in that picture. (laughs) (laughs) So on my date, my date made a very good point, and I'll give him this credit. But he goes, how old is this man? Is he in college, or does he have a mortgage? What's going on here? And then, like, he appears on screen. Like, it it just, it doesn't. We also got the sons all confused. For like no reason, but we yeah. weren't paying attention. But I was like, "Are they trying to say that that's the same son as before?" Because I don't think it is. No, <laughs> and I, I think it was very Eddie, lost in the narrative. Yeah, Eddie holds up yeah. a picture and is like, "This is my son. He's eighteen. Yeah. Looks just like me. It's like a thirty-five-year-old man." No, <laughs> like, yeah, there's a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they do the, of course, and this is why people review bomb this movie. Um. They make Delroy Lindo MAGA, which yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. I just don't know where to go with that. So but I, have, they, I have a theory about that. I feel like they made Lindo MAGA because, um, you know, you find out at the end that he's the one that ended up killing Storm and Norman. And prior to that, he was, <laughs> you know, you, you know, St- Storm and Norman did have a you know particular influence on him. And I think whenever he killed him, he kind of shed that part of his identity and Ew. flipped to the opposite, kind of like MAGA personality. Yeah. And then it was kind of like living living that life ever since he killed killed his friend. Yeah, but he holds on to the memory of Storm and Norman like he you know, like he's there with us like I pray to him every night. Like he's just like, oh yeah. shit. Like, you know, he's it's definitely haunted by him, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And it, but then they interject the uh, president fake bone spurs <laughs> cue card, and it just like, um, yep. and then they go as far as to give 
uh, I, his name's Paul in the movie. They go as far as to give Paul a MAGA hat, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Uh, <laughs> that was pretty. That that was pretty funny when they're like, "You cannot be fucking serious." <laughs> Why would he wear that? Just like on a real level why would he actually ever wear that hat to this meeting <laughs> i don't i think you underestimate <laughs> the audacity of some people well, and like, I, I, I think and i i do say i think i believe this i do think that his character has the audacity like i feel like that's like <laughs> i don't that's not that's something i'm doubting as a character choice but she's the honor and the audacity of this bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He started out in the Vietnam vet hat. I don't know why he couldn't have just. He's like, got to trade it out. But um, we got some pretty heavy-handed symbolism with the MAGA hat throughout the throughout the film. Spike Lee was not trying to be subtle with that at all. Yeah, we will, we will get to that. <laughs> Zero subtlety. What the fuck? I will say that's one thing where I didn't like about this film as much where there was i mean okay black clansman didn't have the most subtlety ever but like it had just enough and this one was just like subtlety be damned this is <laughs> yeah like, i think the difference is black clansman didn't need subtlety because it was also based on a true story so it's right. like you could just mm -hmm. be so i think more heavy-handed with like metaphor because audiences are so much more likely to dismiss it like this is based off of a true story so like maybe this like maybe this metaphor is legitimate i don't know but like like legitimately occurred but i think yeah definitely in this space i think that was my issue is i liked a lot of the work that he was doing i just wish like he had just picked like one thing like there was just too many things he did to make the same points like i don't know yeah about 10 minutes into this movie, I was like, oh, Paul has PTSD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially when, like, the, the uh, Vietnamese uh, people are trying to give him a drink, give the buddies a drink. He's like, why do they keep fucking looking at me? You're just like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't trust that either, though, to be, like, to be fair. Like, that, <laughs> that's but, a legitimate reaction. But, yeah, him with the young Vietnamese boy without a leg, too, where it's like he's the one that's like, you got to get out of here. Like, I don't mm. want to. And they're all like, dude, like, buddy, chill out. And he's like, no, like, he got to go. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, you know, pretty quickly. It's not like a shock when they're on the boat. And he's suddenly like, <laughs> yeah. I got Freaking out. You, you want this chicken? <laughs> Motherfucker, I don't want any chicken. Uh, <laughs> why would you do that to somebody? <laughs> Here, hold this chicken. Hold this other chicken. He's like, this he's one's bigger. This one. You want this one? <laughs> <laughs> again i just don't doubt it i feel like that's happened to me before where i'm like please don't fucking do that and then someone immediately is like but i will do exactly what you told me not to audacity right. yeah paul being extremely uncomfortable like it makes a lot of sense it's like the reverse cheaty from midsommar where he's like just way too fucking comfortable in this morning <laughs> place <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 paul yeah. it's like this makes a lot of sense like as a black person in a place where there are not many native black people like just be and you went to war here it's like yeah i don't trust any fucking thing out here i respect mm -hmm. it he's like man this has a mcdonald's i don't even trust that like <laughs> yeah um so the first um the okay so they they flash back and they're using the old actors and that kind of shocked me in the flashback but then i kind of had to go like okay well i guess he just did not want to get we just talked about this but i was like i guess he didn't want you to get confused do y'all have any other thoughts on that because they're throughout the entire movie and the only time you see them de-aged 
is at the end of the movie in that photograph. I thought it had to do with memory. Yeah. I thought like he was making a like bigger point about like how the war like continues on like for them even now. Yeah. Like because I think like it's the same thing with like the landmines, right? That it's like after all this time the landmines are still blowing up and killing people. And like the war continues even though we're done. And I think yeah. the movie is like very deeply invested in the nature of like PTSD. And like I think to a certain extent, like I think I think it also was to avoid confusion, but I do think there is some like possible work going on there for yeah, like definitely. what how memory works. I think Hetty even at one point says wars never end for the people involved. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's where I was starting to get where I was like, oh, I think this is the... Like, when the landmine metaphor came up, I was like, okay, I think I see a little bit what's Mm. going on here. Look at this person and being so smart. Uh. Um, (laughs) Hi, I'm a PhD student. (laughs) Hello, I get metaphors. I get paid to teach kids about metaphors. Uh, Jake, you were saying, I'm sorry? Yeah, sorry. No, all I was saying, like, I, I, that's, that was my takeaway too, uh, at least on the first flashback, is that they're either living the memory over and over and over again. And because you rarely think of yourself, like, just in real life, you rarely think of yourself in any other terms than what you currently look like, like, if yeah. you think of memories or whatever. Um, so that's how I took it. But it gets used so much that even like the PTSD metaphor gets lost a little bit that it yes. almost feels like we didn't want to pay for the CGI and we <laughs> didn't want to pay for the younger actors anymore so we just shoved these guys into scenes over and over and over again I think yep. that's also true <laughs> shout out to those guys because they scared off a thousand Vietnamese a bunch of a bunch of 70 year olds in Chagwit Bozeman <laughs> <laughs> scared off a fleet of Vietnamese yeah, Viet that, that scene was crazy a to me because they had the high ground and everything <laughs> yeah. sudden, like you had you had these American soldiers pinned down surrounded on all sides in a ravine and then all of a sudden you know they start shooting and and they have to retreat I don't know about that See, but Storm and Norman had the noob tube, so. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I was, it was going ham. I was just thinking, I was like, no way. And I wrote that down. I said, no way the Vietnamese would retreat into the forest like some bitches like that. They were just like, like I kept thinking of um, what was Tropic Thunder when like he's doing the barrel rolls and yeah. stuff and going like, ah and like just spraying bullets that's what i kept thinking of when uh storm and norman's walking around just kind of shooting from the hip with a rocket launcher i wrote down that the stakes felt incredibly low in that first gunfight because it's like we just see these like random unnamed white people get shot and then like nothing else happens Bozeman and Delroy Lindo are just kind of strolling through this valley just shooting uphill and they win i was like this is dumb like cover me and then they would just walk to their next location (laughs) (laughs) out in the open no tree cover i do love they're playing an fps out there i I do love how the go ahead i don't know if we should let spike lee do any more action scenes (laughs) i do like how how those white guys got just and it is Vietnam, but they just got owned and they're just like fuck them like they're just like he's down like okay um, uh, related but unrelated the blood splatter effects are so bad yeah i was gonna say the effects aren't like the explosions like, and stuff too aren't great go ahead 
No, it, I mean, like, they didn't even bother using, um, I forgot what they're called, the squibs. Like, they didn't even bother using that. Like, it looks like the blood was done in After Effects. It's real bad. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I said, um, I did write when they're all, like, ganged up, like, looking at the gold. I go, oh, Chadwick Boseman's about as old as these guys. <laughs> Dude, he's, like, 43? You forget Chadwick Boseman's, like, 42 years old. Wow. There's no way. No, it is. He was 40 yeah. when, Bla when uh, Black Panther came out. I don't understand. I'm, I'm so happy for him taking roles like this and trying to distance himself so far away from Black Panther. Because have you seen photos of him doing the Wakanda Forever do, sign? Do the he thing. Looks so dead inside. <laughs> do the thing. He just looks so defeated. Like How is you he? know, sitting there, he's like, I was also in the Jackie Robinson movie. That was important. No, forty-two. Okay. I forgot he was in forty-two. Like, cause it's mm -hmm. been yeah, that was in twenty thirteen. I have his Wikipedia up right now. So I'm just like, he did like a long series of. I think we said this in the group chat, but I was like, did he just only do like biopics for like a hot minute? I, I there was a new biopic guy for a while. Yeah, yeah, there was an important yeah. black historical role. It was going to Chadwick Boseman because he did Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood Marshall all in a series, all in five years. Yeah, it was 2013, <laughs> 42. Get on up, 2014, and then he played Thurgood Marshall in 2017, which. I'm also like he looks nothing like Thurgood Marshall. Why cast this man? He was the original like Scarlett Johansson meme where they just say like Scarlett Johansson can play anyone. That was Chadwick Boseman at first with like any, <laughs> any black role. Like literally yes. that was happening. His, uh, his agent was doing work. And how do we feel about Chadwick? Because he's not in this movie for very long. No. Like he really isn't. Like mm -hmm. they advertise that he's going to be in this movie. He's in three scenes. Four scenes. And like I said, like I don't think he's a bad. I don't think he's great, and people may get mad at me. I think he's a good actor, but like he was getting roles that are just like, okay, well, all right, no one, no one else, no one else is gonna play this. Role. What? Okay. I thought but the I don't first know. Scene... he's fine. He. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kayla. I said I thought the first scene he was in, like his like big inspirational speech scene. Is that the second one? That's the second scene he's in, right? I'm getting my time. Uh, about Martin Luther, about Martin Luther King. Yeah. He was killed. It was just like the cheesiest scripting ever. And I also was like, it was, it was just weirdly shot. And I couldn't, I don't know if this makes any sense, but it's like, you can't tell if the performance is the problem or if it's just like everything surrounding the performance. That's the problem. Cause I wanted to, I don't know. It just I don't felt, know what it it was off-putting for me for some reason, and I couldn't figure out why. Like, it felt badly acted, but I couldn't tell if I thought it was or if it was just, like, filmed weird. I, I do think that Dex and I all kind of, and Jake all came to the decision. He's fine. It was fine. <clears throat> yeah. That's how I feel about most, um, most of the supporting cast. They're just kind of there. I will die for Norm Lewis, but he's barely in the movie, so it doesn't really matter. Because <laughs> you talked to him for 20 minutes. Because <laughs> I talked to him for 20 minutes. I have a cute photo with him. I'll send it to you. That is true ride or die energy right there. Wait, let me get it. Um, he's so cute. Um, I do I do like Jake how you're like how he tries to distance himself from the Black Black Panther thing. Because it's like, Cause you know, do the thing, do the thing. On the Wakanda forever. He has to be fucking, god damn His it. eyes are like have fallen to the back of his head. He's just dead inside. 
Uh, I think he's signed on to do a movie whenever they start filming again to be like the first Black Samurai. So he's he's trying. He's going the Daniel Radcliffe route. Like just do anything, take any role to distance yourself. But he has to do another Black Panther too. He's under yeah. like <laughs> Disney has right back him around. by the fucking balls. They're like, dude, you made a billion dollars on this movie. You're not going yeah, anywhere. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. The yeah. switch between HD and four by three is fine. Like, uh, I don't, I don't mind it. I don't like it. I don't like it. You don't like it. I don't like that. Why? It's so jarring. Um. Like Westworld does that a lot where they'll switch between two, three, five and sixteen by nine. And that's they do it really well in in terms of telling um timeline differences and what's in the past and what's in the present. Defy Bloods tries to do it, but going from sixteen nine to four three is so jarring because you're going from black bars on the top to now you're a tiny square. And it situations like that take you out of the film so much because you suddenly become hyper aware of the technical aspect that you get lost like any messaging or any purpose that they're trying to do for that is lost you're just like oh suddenly there's more black on the screen than there was before yeah there's actually four aspect ratios in this whole film and really i really? didn't i didn't feel like it was necessary so when when they're no. in the city in vietnam it's widescreen 2.3 by one aspect ratio then you know it switches to to you know four by three and uh the flashbacks and stuff like that and then when they're in the jungle then it's 16 by nine full screen and i think the last one was whenever he's shooting the like um i guess the home video kind of thing you know when he's shooting on that like little 16 millimeter camera um i felt like that that specifically was completely unnecessary when Mm -hmm. they would cut to the random shots of you know him shooting especially, his friends and stuff especially how they do him in the very end like how it's just oh yeah like, <laughs> like what happened like they, to, what happened to his cameras and stuff like um, how did they get this footage okay so <laughs> it's crazy because like i didn't even notice like any of the aspect ratio changes so like either it adds nothing to the story or it completely takes you out of it so like clearly it's very yeah. bad i yeah. did have moments where i was like am i watching like specifically when he was doing like the found footage stuff at the beginning um of like mm-hmm. uh like Muhammad Ali and stuff like that I did like whenever that recurred I did have a couple moments where I was like am I watching a report from middle school and then like with <laughs> like, I was like is this a PowerPoint presentation like and that was a little like there were some stuff in terms of how things were formatted where I was like the content is so powerful you are not presenting this to me in the best way like no yeah one thing i wrote is that spike lee is kind of like mark twain as a filmmaker it's like (laughs) you would never teach somebody to write the way that mark twain writes yeah and like if somebody just started doing that on your own you'd be like you're an idiot who doesn't know how to write but since that's like since you know that spike lee knows the basics and that's just like what he does it's like a style choice and you can like usually get behind it it doesn't always work but it's like if like anybody else made movies this way, I'd be like, "You're an idiot you're who doesn't idiot. know how film works." But like, <laughs> because it's Spike Lee and that's just what he does, it's like, okay, you get to do this. Yeah, that's why it's so I, revolutionary. Go ahead. I would yeah. de- definitely consider him an, an auteur in that in that regard because you see his stuff and you know it's his, just like Tarantino, Wes Anderson. Like, you don't even need to ask who who, who made it. 
you just know. But I, I think it's interesting, Dex, mm-hmm. that you said that you didn't notice the aspect ratio changes. And I think um, Jake and I are both cinematographers, videographers. So I think, you know, that definitely attributed to, to us noticing that and it being so jarring for us, I think. Garrett just sitting on the couch going, what the fuck? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, straight up. Straight up. I think it works definitely for, like, the archival footage. I think, you know, yeah. that fits in really well. But when, they, when they're shooting, like, on the same format as that archival footage was shot, but they're using these, you know, newer film scanners, and it looks, you know, it looks just way better. And then they try and, like, dull it down, you know, with editing. It just, I don't know, it, it took me completely out for those scenes. So this was very much a history lesson from Spike Lee. We don't need to get that much into it. But there, I mean, there were just asides in this movie, excuse me, where, where he would, they would, they would stop what they were doing in action to yell at each other. And they put us in the same Calvary and sent us out and da 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 and they would have this long monologue. And I'm glad that they were able to do that, but it would just like, it's like they would stop the action and then be like, here's a history lesson. Now, next set piece. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's for a film that is two and a half hours, there's a solid hour of it that's just exposition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exposition to get you to the next scene, but also explain the last 12 scenes. And the stakes feel really low for a very long time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it doesn't, like, when you first see the gold bars, it's like, okay, like, now there's more stakes, I guess, mm-hmm. but still not very high. And, like, you don't you get to the middle and then it's like okay now something in this movie like actually matters to me yeah like yeah. titanic um <laughs> uh, the boat see. matters to me <laughs> there was okay okay so the, the weird interjection and i guess it was to give his character a little sort of i think it's it's not eddie it's um the other main guy besides delroy um otis <laughs> clark peters mm-hmm. the the weird interjection of him of that love story between him and that and that yeah. woman and Viet they, Bay. He had, yeah Viet Bay. <laughs> 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 and then and then he having a daughter um which all of a sudden he goes he goes it's it's a black woman but he goes is that my daughter it's like come on dude <laughs> <laughs> <I> mean, like, <laughs> what if she was like no what <laughs> <laughs> That would have been hilarious. She was like, like <laughs> you, you wish, like you know. <laughs> I just never went back. Um, oh. but they, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> um, there was, um, but they get the ages sort of. I feel like weirdly, like the men are old enough to have fought in Vietnam for sure, but like their children unless they had children way later in life are like, like she's way too young to have been his daughter because it's like, my grandparents are old enough to have fought in Vietnam and my parents are in their like forties and fifties. You know what I mean? For sure. I like, cause I, she's not I, that old. Yeah. Well, we don't, I don't know. Like she might just look really young. She is half sure. black and half Asian and literally basically immortal. Yeah, she's never gonna age. That woman is seventy years old, and she looks. She has grandchildren. No, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, I, I believe it. Like, 
I find um, no. I see what your point is. I'm just like maybe. Yeah, both my yeah, they, uncles, both my uncles, they didn't fight in Vietnam, but they joined the Air Force to avoid getting drafted mm-hmm. to the Army, so they could stay out the front lines. But yeah, both their kids are in well in their forties now. Yeah, and it's so, it's also like Delroy's son too. When he shows up, he's like twenty years old. Jonathan, Ma- I, Jonathan Major's probably older than that, but it's just like, it's just like, man, you got a y'all had some young ass kids. No, Jonathan Majors is 31. So I guess that may be like later in life, but um, um, go ahead, Jake. <laughs> uh, to give context, my dad's number was almost called, so I could have been a child. Whoa! So the ages, the ages do work out. I will say. Yeah, my, my dad's number was missed by a little bit. I forgot what it was, but he was almost drafted. Okay, that's number cool, like yeah. like a draft lottery, like they're like ping pong balls. They're like thirty seven. Yeah, they literally Shit. did that. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly. that's what the draft lottery. It was literally is. a bingo raffle, basically. What yeah. the fuck? Yeah. How are you a college graduate? I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. When you when you turned eighteen and you signed up for the draft, what do you think you signed up for? No, I know I signed up for it. Was just like literally, you're going to war all the time. No, so they did it based off. <laughs> no, it's a ping. It's a ping pong. Yeah, Fuck that. I yeah, thought, it's a ping I thought ball. it was like all right, fifteen men from this town. Like I don't know. Like I didn't. Yeah. No, it's 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 full. It's it's based on your birthday, and it's a ping pong ball system. Yeah, literally, what it's the- like birthdays at random. I only know this because of the movie Across the Universe. Well, yeah, that's yeah, like, really, that's yeah. the only reason I that is, that that is What a stupid fucking country! I know Jesus we suck. Christ. We can still do this. To you people. could be Zion Williamson, or you could go to Vietnam. Like Has- Jesus Christ. Hashtag abolish the think- draft. Yeah, well, I think actually Caitlin's in the draft now. Too, I am in the good. draft. Shout out! Can you imagine Caitlin as a sub as a getting drafted? She's been crying in the bathtub for three days now. She'd be like. But I am a power lifter. I was going to say fucking G.I. Jane over here. I am physically. I think we're all pretty safe. I think it's like 18 to 21 are the first batches, and it's like 21 to 25. I was just going to say, I'll be great for war, but I'm almost certainly going to get PTSD. Like, if you send me to war, (laughs) you are sending me with the guarantee that I will come back. She wasn't. I'm already fragile. I she wasn't on the front line. She was just in an aircraft carrier. I don't know. <laughs> like I saw, I saw some sad stuff, and now I've never. She was it. based in Dallas. I don't. She saw nothing. It could be like yeah, my she... grandpa. My grandpa during I think Korea was stationed in Japan, <laughs> and he was a ski instructor <laughs> during the war. And like, like if my dad and my grandpa came back and was like PTSD. You would know what I saw on that on the uh, on the ski slopes. That's why the other one ads for the army. Like it's always it's always so weird because one of my grandparents, like my grandpa, was like a ski instructor in Japan, and then the other one actually had to like go to war in Korea. And it's always like what a dichotomy. Anyway, not Vietnam, not important. The um well to just add to this my grand my great grandfather he was drafted way late in World War Two and he he was 
26 when he was drafted so he's my age when he was drafted and he got to france and everybody's like you're old as shit <laughs> like, <laughs> like he had a wife and a kid and he's just everybody's just like man you're old <laughs> it was like, like fucking watch wait, wait yeah it's like wait what I can't imagine. I can't imagine getting over somewhere and like a bunch of eighteen-year-olds giving you shit, like a bunch of TikTokers True. over, like a just... bunch of TikTokers. Go make some avocado toast, you old bitch. <laughs> Have y'all seen that? Have y'all seen that tweet thread of what TikTokers think of uh, millennials? Dude, I fucking love it Pure so. Uh, <laughs> makes me feel bad. I can't like it, it. Doesn't hurt or upset me. Like I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Where does it hurt? Yeah. Everywhere. I don't, yeah, think it, I don't think it bothers me because none of it really applies to me, I feel like. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. Just, I don't know. One day they will be old. Um, <laughs> why was Jonathan Majors dressed like that? Yeah. In his Morehouse <laughs> shirt gets progressively dirtier the whole movie, but it like doesn't look like real dirt. It looks like they like dunked it in like iced tea or something and just like made the whole thing brown no not that but when uh, but yes that but when he first shows up he's in like a tie and a morehouse hat and a short sleeve white shirt you're just like you flew on a plane like like that like, what did you that's a long flight. flight his clothing the entire time is just so confusing and concerning because like when they get on the boat like going through that river market or whatever he's in most people don't know what this means, but he's in some React Element 55s, and it's like, you're going to the fucking jungle, and it's like fucking light, like casual sportswear, like everyday shoe, instead of like, I don't know, boots. Yeah. Did you did you notice that? Did you notice that part with where they had those Jordans hanging on the on the wire? Those those 13? And he's like freaking out trying to get the Jordans. It's like, what was the point of that? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Like, I cool did Jordans. notice that. Those are some outlet like Jordan. Yeah. As somebody who worked at a Nike outlet and sold those exact pairs of shoes. Um, some of the comedy bits are they don't they are, some are funny and uh, just some don't hit at all. Like when they're yelling at each other, but Paul being mad as hell, Delroy Lindo being mad the entire time is kind of funny. Like at parts where he's just like, "God damn it!" <laughs> You're just like, it's pretty Hitler had y'all by the snails. He goes from yeah, zero to one hundred so quickly, like just in the same scene, just like happy to just pissed off. I yeah, I totally did skip over that. Um, the the French World War Two rant was unnecessary. Oh, completely. Yeah, completely. I guess it sets up that guy being like, like um, Leon the, the professional, like, French. Yeah, I guess it sets up him being bad, but like. <laughs> Frenchie McBad guy is what Dexter's like. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. They have to, look, it kind of establishes like how this deal is actually going to work. Cause like, there's a lot of logistics that they kind of just leave unmentioned. Um, but that's like the extent of the exposition we get about this deal and like why they have to do a bunch of like secretive, shady shit. Um, so that's like the only purpose of that scene, but yeah, the rant about the French being trash, not really <laughs> necessary at all. Y'all suck. And he's like, y'all suck. Okay. Uh, so about this money, <laughs> like we got both of us. We both suck. <laughs> like, you're right. Yikes. 
I like how I like how Paul the entire time is changing everybody. The entire movie is changing everybody's shares. He's just like, well, it's coming out of her cut, and he's like, bitch, like who's keeping track of all these numbers, anyways? Yeah, exactly. Nobody knows. Um, I mean, I, hold on. I know in the movie they're selling it through the French fence and whatever, but. Where the fuck do you sell gold bars? Like, had they not met this one chance encounter with a French guy that was going to buy them from them, what was their plan getting back? Like, who... Can I just take this to a pawn shop and be like, here's a gold bar, what do you got for me? Well, spoiler alert, at the very end, the dude's dead. Like, he's like, who do, yeah, who do they trade that, it through true. anyway? That's true. Where did they get the money to donate? 1-800-WE-BUY-GOLD. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Cash or gold. That's fair point. That is a fair point. They give it to JG Wentworth. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, JG. Well, I, I mean, they, they they somehow extract a perfectly intact corpse, so I guess they've got some logistics. Yeah, they also on. get that back on a plane. Like, what? <laughs> I would like. Who's carrying Why? that? Like, do they just have that like separately there's a, in there's their a, backpacks? There's a throwaway line somewhere early where they just say that they like hired a company that extracts bodies. I guess it's through the military and that that was it. But I, I, this is going later, but I chiefly have to complain that they still somehow extract perfectly skeletal remains, despite the fact that that guy was napalmed to death. Uh, and they leave their friends behind though. Norm got to go home. Everybody else got to stay <laughs> dead in a field. <laughs> I really appreciate the efficiency in which they found all the gold and Norm's body with no issues whatsoever. <laughs> it just happened it to walk there. across. <laughs> just, just squats, take a deuce, and be like, oh, hey, gold. I found it. Um, <laughs> Two feet later. Oh, it's Norm's body. Man, good luck, guys. The uh, I did write I did write uh, Paul Walter Hauser sighting. Like, just, just good <laughs> to see the dude working. Like, good for, good for him. <laughs> Um, Spike Lee is going in on these. He's gonna get these Trump jokes in. Like you better believe it. if this movie's gonna do one thing, he's gonna. Spike Lee was gonna get these Trump jokes in. But I mean, that's Where, what we need from Spike Lee. That's what we want. Yeah. That's what. Oh yeah. That's what. Yeah. I expected and, it. Like I yeah. knew it was gonna come. So I mean, yeah, I wasn't sure. disappointed. I mean, it's like they, they make it a point to to get in another argument with the other French uh, mine people. Uh, and then for him to stand up, and so I don't like I don't like that racist in chief or something like that. What did he say? I don't know, but um, it doesn't matter. But I said people are gonna know exactly when this was released, though. Yeah, <laughs> like years from now, they're gonna be like, up oh, 2020. <laughs> um, Can we talk about meeting the uh, landmine people? Because yeah, what a weird fucking scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. God, Chekhov's gun, if there ever was one. Oh, we're meeting mine people? Somebody's going down in a mine. But like, also, that Things that is... have been stated need to be used. <laughs> I'm just also like, that woman is the most pretentious woman I've ever seen in my life, even made on a film. And it's like, there's a lot of pretentious women in film history, and men. But her just being like, my name is Hedy. Like, actress Hedy Lemel. Like, I'm like, okay, bitch. Like, we get it. Like, you're really fucking cool. And she's like, I know so bourgeoisie of me that my family made. Like, 
And he's like, oh, yeah, I get uh, same. I'm a teacher. And I'm like, dude, why are you me on a first date? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, you. totally relatable. I teach children. <laughs> he's like, I, I too imparted the bourgeois. Throw <laughs> down. This is giving me big, I can fix that vibe. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Do do Shout out Shout out Hope. That's too damn bad. Do Hill deserved better, but God, what a heavy subject for a children's movie if we want to go back on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Lipstick kissing Kate Malone. Jesus Christ. Um, we should talk about that movie. We, Just sidebar. That is yeah, movie's fire. That's a great movie. I love that like movie. Shia LaBeouf's best performance, if you will know. Um, Did we watch Disturbia the other day? That movie was trash. But movie's great. <laughs> movie's great, and you know it. The Rear Window remake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. Um, <laughs> I did love the line though when he's there walking for the first time in the um, in the forest, and he puts on the MAGA hat, and the guy goes, "You got a MAGA hat? God damn!" Like. <laughs> <laughs> That was actually really God, funny. And uh, maybe we want to talk about this. And this, it feels like every every Vietnam movie. But especially this movie, though, the soundtrack in this was fucking fire. Yeah, it was. Because they added Marvin Gaye. Like, the Marvin Gaye, like, uh, isolated audio and everything was that. It, uh, that paired with, like, I think CCR was probably in this as well. But, like, all of that, mm-hmm. all of that shit was, it's always great. No matter what. What Vietnam movie you're listening to? I don't know if y'all. Yeah, want to I, talk about I, I loved the Marvin Marvin Gaye stuff, but I thought that like whatever you know, composer did the music for you know the jungle scene. I feel like it didn't fit the mood at all, and yeah. felt yeah. very like Ramboish to me and like unnecessary. In a way. Oh, like the score? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. That. Yeah. I think the movie's so interested in talking about like. I guess, like, addressing other cultural representations of Vietnam and, like, the era. But it's, like, I don't know. I think it all just goes back to, it's, like, I like the idea and I'm interested in it. But I'm also, like, this movie is so concerned with so many things that I'm not tracking completely. Does that make any sense? Well, to put like, that in perspective, then after he pulls out the MAGA hat and everything else and they and they continue to walk, he pulls out pills and yeah. he starts taking pills and they go, like... That's that opioid epidemic shit, and you're just yeah. like, okay, we got another. Yeah. yeah we're talking this, about. this movie has too many talking points, and I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not on board. Like, I'm on board with every talking point, but I'm also like, I, I'm not. My brain can only handle like two thesis statements. You get two, <laughs> Spike Lee. You get to make two points. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody grade in this paper. Just kind of glossed <laughs> over that. I mean, I think, you know, veteran addiction to opiates is definitely a problem, and they just kind of just, like, skirted right on past it. For sure. Well, yeah, because then he was like, I'm going to pour these pills out. I was like, don't pour the fucking pills out. Like, if you're... No, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But then he just, like, keeps them on deck later in the And I do think it's weird to bring up something, like, multiple... Like, I feel like that happened a couple times in this movie where something would be, like, brought up for, like, a minute, like, for us to talk about it for, like, one minute. And then we're like, yes, that is a big problem. Well, back cool. at the bar, he's yeah. sitting there with like he's sitting there with Delroy Lindo. He's like, you need to go to a meeting with me, like, <laughs> for, and he's and he's like, no, I don't need to. All right, shit, like, it's just like all right. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I agree with the whole pills thing. I If they were going to do that, like, they could have at least done it to where maybe multiple of them are taking pills. Because, yeah. like, it's a pretty well-known secret that we give soldiers speed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, at yeah. least, maybe not now, but, like, especially World War One, and Two. Germans Vietnam, were on Korea, fucking um, meth, dude. Yeah, like, we give soldiers speed. We still get um, Air Force pilots speed so they can stay awake. So, like, soldiers' addictions, like, even outside of being soldiers, like, are very real because we're just introducing <laughs> meth into their lives. So if we're going to tell that story, tell that story. But to introduce people, like, oh, see, look, we're suffering from it on the home front. Sucks, doesn't it? Back into the jungle. Yeah. <laughs> um, Back into the jungle. Back into the jungle. Uh, I did, Garrett. I did actually did write that down where you were like, where you're, you said the score doesn't match. I did, I did write that down. Some of the stuff is supposed to be funny, but yeah. then they're playing this very vibrant score over it, and you're just like, yeah. Okay, that was. A, it felt very it like they me. ran out of money, so they just picked up stock music and they're like, just insert it. Nobody's gonna pay attention. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I've heard we got that, Delroy like, Lindo. Just I, I've heard that they had like budget issues in this film, but like. I'm pretty sure the budget was like forty million. I don't understand how you run out of money. Hey, I'm surprised Spike yeah. Lee's not getting more money to do. Like, you would. No one in these Netflix films. You never learn the budget of these films ever. Which is just kind of like Netflix is just making up how much money they have and stuff. And they're also probably billions of dollars in debt. But you never know how much money these cost. But you would be surprised that Spike Lee doesn't get more money to make his films at this point. Maybe he doesn't need that much. I don't know. But um, let's I did, see. I did read that this film got turned down by pretty much every studio. So Netflix probably had some bargaining power over that. If no one else wanted it. I can see why no one else wanted it. This would be a very tough sell. Yeah, definitely. A24. Would have, I'm surprised they didn't take it. Um, it's not arty enough. Yeah, it's not art house enough. Yeah. It's not... It's not mermaid vagina enough. Um, <laughs> I just knew. I thought for sure, for sure, when he was taking a shit, he was gonna step on a landmine. Mm-hmm. Or when they were digging up the gold, they were gonna step on a landmine. Not oh, when the rope scene. Yeah. Oh god. Well, not when they're digging for the gold. I thought for sure they're gonna step on a landmine. Not when they're just walking through the fucking jungle with it on their backs and they take they stop. Uh. Like, that surprised me. Yeah, the, the landmine thing was so expected, I feel like. I was waiting for that the whole time. Yeah, yeah I stand it to write yeah. in my notes. I literally wrote, a landmine is going to go off eventually, isn't it? And then my very next note is, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's the scene where that dude blows up is like, is like the marking point of like, oh, this is a different film now. We, we've left the political message. It's an action film now. Goodbye, guys. Well, yeah, it's just like they go, that poor guy, Eddie, they go like, uh, why are you so like, why do you want this gold so much? Well, he's like, Eddie's like, I want to give it back to, uh, to us. And, and they're like, yeah, whatever. Like you'll get your cut or whatever. And he's like, I'm broke. And then, <laughs> and then not only do they say he's broke, then they blow him up. <laughs> Broke ass bitch. They yeah. blow him up while he's talking about money being the root of all evil. Back yeah. up with his gold bar. Yeah, exactly. I thought um, it was funny, right? They were roasting him as he was walking back. He's like, that motherfucker walks backward, pigeon toe. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and I knew he would blow up, and I still screamed, fuck! Like, I was just like. And then, 
I wrote, God damn, he's still alive? Because he was like, also bad CG, bad uh, effects there too, where you can tell it's like a bodysuit on top of him. But he's just like, no arms, no legs. And he's, just, he's blown in half. I was like, God damn. Like, yeah. I was like, They went man. all out with the blood spouting out of organs. Ugh. A little too much. Another thing that I put in the group chat, if we're just standing around, I've been blown up. I no longer have arms and legs, but I'm still alive. You have a pistol on hand. Yeah. Just just do it, man. <laughs> just fucking do Paul's it. Been Paul's been that. waving that thing of Paul's been waving that piece around all day. Might as well use it. <laughs> That's the other thing I was confused about. How cause when they first found the gun, they took it from him, but he ends up having the gun again later when the um when the charity people show up. I'm like, why would y'all give this unhinged motherfucker the gun again? Like he's clearly off his rocker. Like, how did he get the gun back? You mean the guy that his first scene was wearing a Vietnam vet hat and then walking off the plane and saying Vietnam G word? Yeah, that guy? Give him a gun? Why not? Well, yeah, put me out of my fucking misery. Nobody's going to be like, they shot this man and then threw him on a landmine. It's just going to be like, no, he blew up and then we put him out of his misery. Um, <laughs> this we man. killed him and then wanted to blow him up. Just see what happens. Old Yowler. Old Yowler. But then he steps on the landmine. The urgency, it's kind of dumb how they pull him off because I don't know if that would work. But the urgency that Delroy Lindo and Jonathan Majors have when they're like talking to each other, that was good though. I felt that was riveting to me. It was like, where do you go to school? It was like, the house and he was just like it was like a pump up football speech whatever is like who went to the house edward moses and you're just like god damn i was yeah like, i, I just, felt that i just feel like that whole landmine trope is just overdone the guy steps on it and can't move and then they made a whole army hammer movie about it it's just oh yeah they, they literally made an army hammer movie where he's stuck he's stuck on a mine a whole time. movie isn't it called mine yeah i think it is literally called mine <laughs> Jesus, um, <laughs> the the greatest thing it was like. Um, jo- uh, this is when D- uh, Delroy Lindo starts to like really come to me. Start to up this movie to another level. I know Jake, you didn't like the like overt like fighting and stuff that they do towards the other end, but when he like starts to kidnap them and stuff for no reason. But when he starts to kidnap them and stuff. <laughs> He's like, I'm the motherfucker. I'm the motherfucker. I was like, yeah, like I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, he goes, he goes, they, they're still flirting with each other in the woods, but then he goes not to be a cock block or whatever. She cute though. <laughs> just, <laughs> and she goes, I wouldn't fuck you for all the gold in the world. God damn. Like, not all, like, none of, no, not all the gold in the world? That's a lot of gold. Yeah, said what, one of those gold bars was $14,000, I think they said in the movie. Like, you wouldn't fuck me for just one of them? Mm. <laughs> that's a lot, that's life-changing money. Yeah. That's life-changing um, money. I do, I do like to think that Paul Walter Hauser would have been like, I'll fuck you for it. Like, <laughs> 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 Um, I couldn't see Paul Walter Hauser without just going. That's Richard Jewell. Yeah, <laughs> shout out, R.I.P. But the uh, then they go to, like the picture of the dead baby man, and I was like, oh, that was that was tough. Um, 
but then Delroy Lindo, speaking of Paul Walter Hauser, just goes into like slapping the shit out of uh, out of Paul Walter Hauser after they have that fight. They had that fight, which I don't know how more people didn't die um, with the with the when they walk out of the woods with the other Vietnamese people. And that was the dumbest fucking fight ever. We yeah, can come yeah. back to that once you finish no, making no, your no. fight. Well, no, they finish the fight, and then Paul Walter Howard's like crying, and he's slapping the fuck out of him. He's, Get it together. Um, but yeah, go ahead with the fight. Like, that was more people should have died. How do you, <laughs> as a group of, like, I don't know, whatever they were, like, pull up on this group of random old dudes who have one weapon, and y'all have a bunch of, like, assault rifles? All of you are armed, and your whole crew gets killed by these people who walked up on you with one weapon. Like how? What? Yeah. Lindo. Yeah. Lindo went beast mode in that in that scene though. <laughs> Lin, Lindo went beast mode. The other their tour guide was actually all of a sudden special forces. Like that that was never established before either. But he knew how to like mm-hmm. really help uh, handle a pistol. Um, I have this giant gun on my back, but I'm going to try to stab this person for some right. reason. Um, let's see. Of course, we got the uh, we got the Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Uh, put the shit on Craigslist. Shit. <laughs> he had to give us yep. a shit. He had to. He had to. It's awesome. I, mean, I was like, I knew I, it had to have been in there, but like it was it was great. Um, and all of a sudden. So Paul, Paul Delroy Lindo, um, takes off through the woods. He's having this crazy. This is like his tour de force, though, is when he's just like Mm -hmm. talking into the camera and chopping his way through the. I don't even know, remember what he was saying, but it was um, it was intense, and I felt like he was talking. He's talking directly to the audience. But does he have cancer? Like, what a weird thing to throw on top. Like, right. Yeah, the whole like I decide when I die thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he has cancer. Is like when he was when he was talking about agent. They sprayed us with Agent Orange and all this stuff, and like, I think he has like lung mm-hmm. cancer or something like that. But then, um, they they throw. He gets bitten by a snake, and then he falls down a hill, loses the backpack, and all he just goes is life is a bitch. I was like they're putting Paul through hell. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that that performance really made the whole film. I think yeah. for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen people saying that was this was an Oscar worthy performance for Paul. I I don't agree necessarily. I really like his performance in the second half, but I think that just the writing just doesn't help him at all in the first half of the movie. Like it's just so bad, and it, it makes him look bad. I think. No. Hell, if nothing else comes out, man. He yeah, I was gonna say, like, who be fair? Yeah. What else is gonna beat him hey, at this point? Hey, that. The He's... Invisible Man and the Invisible Man. <laughs> oh God, fuck that movie. Fuck that movie so hard. He was good. Sorry. <laughs> Jim Carrey, best actor. Jesus Christ. Um, Matthew McConaughey for five minutes of screen time in The Gentleman. Uh, oh, let's see. see. Oh yeah, The Gentleman. Like that came out this year. That was I a movie know. that we did on the podcast. What um, is this year? I don't remember anything. There are no movies. Was that our first? Was that our first episode? No, it was like our second or third. No, Oscar was our first episode. Awesome. We shat on the Joker. Um, 
<laughs> Let's see. They don't. I thought Chadwick Boseman was good. They really didn't use him that much in this movie, is what we talked about. I thought he was fine. Like I thought he was like, I thought he was serviceable. But they really didn't use him, and they use him in the very end. But that was just a that was a lame ass way for them to for him to Norman to have died. That was pretty whack. It makes sense like, for the story. Go ahead. Go ahead I was like super intrigued the whole time to like figure out what happened to Norman and like all that, and then we got that, and I was like, "That's it." <laughs> I don't know. It just feels weak. It like it works for like Paul's story, but just I don't know. It just felt kind of whack. Um, but then they really did Paul like that. Like, holy shit! <laughs> That's how they 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 have this whole thing with him being having this tour de force and everything else through the woods and uh they they just shoot him a thousand times in a shallow grave yeah <laughs> that was cold i think it's got to be like some kind of sign of respect to get shot that many times like clearly he struck a nerve with these people yeah. <laughs> like scarface at the <laughs> like very end of the movie they did not like him they and really want they, this motherfucker dead. <laughs> and then, um, then they take the MAGA hat from him. The Chinese or Chinese guy, Jesus, the Vietnamese guy takes the MAGA hat from him. Um, You're part of the problem, Roy. I am part of the problem. Um, so, but then <laughs> that was funny. The Isaiah. Um, Isaiah Whitlock is like, you can take me to see the Champs Elises or the Champs Elises or whatever it was. Um, but then, what a dumb setup, though, for John or whatever his name is to to set them up at the very end to do the double crosses. Like, you see um, that coming from a mile away. Jean Renault. Yeah. I really did appreciate the double cross references throughout this movie, though, because like he's named David after David Ruffin, who has a famous song called "The Double Cross," which is good. But uh, yeah, they're, they're actually all named after Temptations. Uh, yeah, Otis. Are they, are they really? really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. It was. It was. A fine final fight scene was fine, but then what's why did he jump on that grenade? It looked like a smoke grenade. Obviously, it wasn't. But it was just like, like he jumped on it and it exploded. It was like it also just looked like no one was even like in the blast radius either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys remember in the beginning when they're talking about the dude that jumped on the grenade and and um, what's his name Melvin's like I would never do that. And then oh. he does it at the end. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, I talk about the 18-year-old who like is a real hero or whatever. I don't remember what the context of the conversation was. But well, that that, that makes more sense. Yeah, they were that sa- makes that, more sense. They were saying he was the first first black person to get a medal of honor or something like that. Yeah, something that like makes that. more sense because I was just like at the very end, I was like, he didn't have to do that. <laughs> like, why did he do that? I definitely agree he didn't have to do that. It didn't look like anyone was like, he just kind of threw a grenade out into open space. <laughs> I don't think anyone was threatened by that. But um, how do they how do they explain all these dead bodies at the very end? Is just like to the Vietnamese government, like what <laughs> landmines? I guess what happened? They, they were racist. <laughs> <laughs> do you not see the MAGA hat? 
Yeah, the Vietnamese Man, guy clearly has on the MAGA hat. <laughs> Man, I have questions about the logistics of that army alone. Like, to move that many, like, heavily armed soldiers, the Vietnamese government has to know that there's just, like, a guerrilla fighting unit hanging out of their jungles of a thousand men. Yeah. Also, just, like... <laughs> When they first find, when they first meet the guys and try and take their gold, they're like, "This is our gold. This is for the Vietnamese people." But then you find out later they're just going to give it to this French asshole. Like, yeah. what was the yeah. point? Like that whole that whole spiel about it being our gold. You're just going to give it right. away. Um, man, was this the shortest uh, dolly shot that Spike Lee has ever put in his film? It was like a five second dolly shot. When, when it was yeah him and his daughter oh eh, yeah <laughs> like as opposed to like inside man when denzel is like running through the street or whatever and it's like 20 seconds this was i don't know or black Klansman when they're running down the hallway but this was like a five second he's like i guess i gotta put this in here no i think it is like his signature and it felt like it felt really forced to me but you know he's got to get it in there I feel like if he didn't have it, I would have been like, where is it? They could have done it when Lindo was walking through the jungle. I think that would have been a better use of it for sure, personally. Right. Um, they finally de-aged uh, the final picture. That was the one where they were like, all right, we'll spend the money on that. That was the last final picture. Um <laughs> Where'd the money go? Black Lives Matter got $2 million. Yeah. And then the mine charity got some. Right. And Garrett, I know that you'll know what Sorry. I'm talking Sorry, about. Sorry, I don't know that everybody else will. Why the fuck did they start swag surfing after getting that donation? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? They were, they were so lit. <laughs> I have never ever seen anyone get a donation and like start Start swag surfing like that that does not happen i've never seen anyone swag surf when the song isn't on what was that what's a dance that the children are doing now (laughs) (laughs) but like in 2000 but like in 2012 hey we just got this money what are we gonna do we're gonna listen to mo bamba (laughs) (laughs) um and then finally, it was just like they end with the Martin Luther King speech. And I was just, I don't know. I was so, by the by the end, after the the journey that Delroy took us on in this movie, I was like, Martin Luther King's definitely the best speaker of all time. The way they wrapped that up. And I was just, the way he was talking, I was like, yeah, he's the best speaker of all time. We'll never be another American that is that fucking cold. Nah, not ever. Um... We drinking a truly lemonade, sir? Hell yeah. Dex put me out of these. (laughs) (laughs) Truly Uh, fun. pod. All right, guys. Actually, kind of a shorter review of this movie. Um, Got C pluses, C minuses all around. I gave it a B. Um, Anything else that we have to talk about? Uh, Any more notes before we get into our draft? I'm good. I'm good as well. Via yeah, Baythor yeah, just going him. nowhere I'm... is whack. Yeah, why did that not go anywhere? Yeah. I don't I've know. I've you, Dad. I met you a week ago. 
Yeah. No, I do. I, uh, I do love how the mom, like when that guy steps in, was like, was that my dad? And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you were. Yeah. She just kept lying about it. And then at the very Shut end, up, she was stop like, asking. Ah. <laughs> you got me. You, you caught me in this lie. But it's just like, was, was that my dad? Mm. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't have really anything else. Uh, now we're going to do top four, because for Twitter, uh, top four Netflix original narrative films, because Jake and Caitlin wanted to argue about this yesterday, and it makes no sense in my brain. I still kind of want to say a documentary because Don't Fuck With Cats is really fucking good. That's a docu-series. Whatever. Yeah, actually. Wait, but what? Yeah, you lose on that one, too. Damn it, I have no allies in this fight No, but wait, no. What what is the point? I had a documentary in mind. It's fine. Anyway, documentaries are also attached to that y'all were like, we need Like arguing, arguing over this. Jake's like, that doesn't make any sense. It still doesn't make sense. Anyway, oh. the draft order will be Royden, Garrett, hey. me, Dex, Caitlin. Why am I always at the end? <laughs> I don't know. Take it up with random.org. This Sponsor the podcast. Sucks. Sponsor the podcast, random. It is Royden, Garrett, Jake, Dex, Caitlin, RG, JDK. So I also did not know Garrett. I've known Garrett for like a couple of years now. Did not know his first name was William. So exciting news is today. Yeah, that's a secret. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, Delete from pod. So, what, is there is there any rules to this to this draft? Like, if someone chooses a movie, is it off the board or can I? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. The, Standards. Is. <laughs> that is why. Um, I went. I went. I went off reservation just so I could have stuff that I know I like, but I don't like the guys. Anybody else will I picked See, tall, I don't know. I, tall girl, first pick. I only chose two, two uh, runner-ups. So all of my all of my answers are tall girl. Tall, horse <laughs> girl and, also. And, and Sierra <laughs> Just, Burgess oh. is a loser. Those are my choices. Okay. I have tall girl and horse girl back to back to back yeah. to back. Uh, Garrett, also we do the snake draft order, so let's hopefully not get lost in the snake here. Uh, my first pick, number one off the board. I was talking about it the other day. It's the first Netflix original narrative movie that um, kind of got people on board with uh, – Maybe Netflix can start winning awards. Criminally criminally robbed of an Oscar, Idris Elba, Beast of No Nation. Yep. Oh, not 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 what I thought you were gonna go for, but good pick. Yeah, it's Beast of pick. No Nation, my number one pick. Still need to watch that one. It is a okay, it is a tough, tough watch. No, I know. I I started it. I never started it. <laughs> I'll like he plays a he plays one of the most evil people I think I've ever seen on screen. It's what it's a crazy turn for. Uh, well, I guess not if he's playing Stringer Bell or whatever. But like he was, yeah. He, he he's just so evil, man, and he's just also charismatic at the same time. It's incredible. It it, it is one of those performances where you're like, yeah. Uh, why is everybody obsessed with Idris? That's part of the reason. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. And he did the line in the trailer where he's like, "I saved your life." I say it's incredible. 
Also, he's um, super hot. Yes. Also, yes. <laughs> and, and British. And British. <laughs> and British. Like, you're like, that's why, I, that's why we're obsessed with Idris Elba. Like, because he's talented, he's true, hot. but also because he's hot and British. Hot and British. <laughs> Man. He's daddy. Right before this, Mallory and I were watching Infinity War. He gets done poorly yeah, in that yeah. movie. No, Just stabbed and let go. Because he yeah. hated working in the MCU. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, they didn't give yeah, him enough did. to do. He's like, started becoming this big name and they're just like, oh, so I'm the blind guy at the gate? Yeah. <laughs> no. It was a waste of time. Um, <laughs> happy Father's Day to Idris and only Idris. Oh, Daddy. <laughs> happy <laughs> Daddy's Day. Shut up. Oh, only, I don't like Only to Idris. <laughs> only to Idris. Gary. <laughs> All right, so um, this was this film was my first exposure to this particular director that has since blown up rightfully in the past year. Um, it's Okja, okay. directed mm. by Bong Joon-ho. Oh, I was wondering if somebody was going to take it. I love that. It's movie. on my list. I love it. It's What's fun. the? I don't know. What is the story? Uh, oh it's, man, it's. <laughs> hard to explain but briefly this giant corporation produces these super pigs that are part hippo like elephant kind of animals and um basically they want to the, the goal is to end food shortages by producing this gigantic animal and oh. uh it's basically like a um, naturally evil corporation kind of movie um sounds like a bong joon ho movie yeah it's great Soylent Green is hippo pigs. <laughs> Soylent Jake Gyllenhaal is a as a villainish. Paul Dano's in there. I will say Jake Gyllenhaal did not do that well in this movie, but other than that, you know, it's good. At least you tried. All right, Jake. Oh, oh shit! It is me. Uh, I'm picking this one for my wife. Uh, because she's watched it a bunch. I actually secretly love it too. I'm taking it to all the boys. No! Damn it! <laughs> no! Ah. That, no! I love that every time we draft and I go before Caitlin, I always take her first pick. I hate you so much. Y'all are on the same vibe. Got the same taste. Yo, Jake and I have exactly Dude. the same vibe. <laughs> We really do. We're strong empaths. <laughs> I wanted to hate that movie so fucking bad. It's and so it was good. so good. It's so good. It's so good. You could, you could take that hate and direct it towards the second one because the second one's trash. No, I totally disagree with that. The second one is also good because the second one is the only movie with a love triangle where I was actually like, maybe you should pick the other guy. I've never felt that oh, way. Oh, yeah, that other guy film. won every fucking time. What? Justice for that, dude. I forgot his Jordan name. Jordan Fisher. The love of my life. Yeah, that guy. That guy should have won. He's he was he was the better of the two every time. To, he's engaged to a lovely woman now, but I'm very sad. I've been following him on Broadway for a really long time. I love Jordan Fisher. Shout out to Noah Scented Mayo. What? <laughs> Noah Scented. Yeah, Mayo. that movie. That movie bangs on Peter every level. It makes me upset because it implies that 17-year-olds are out there driving decked-out Wranglers, and I'm still with, like, my car that I left high school with. But, you know, what? live and let learn. It's, it's, it's also in a fake universe where, like, everyone everyone is rich as shit in San Francisco or wherever they are, where it's just, like, where rent is... Yeah. 
<laughs> terrible. I'm like, also like, I'm 24, and why do I want a Peter Kavinsky? I'm not. I'm too old for this, first of all. Second of all, I have never written a love letter that turned out well. And I've never heard of another person sending a love letter and it turning out well. So that's truly the fictional universe here. Love letters are just It's creepy. not wrong. <laughs> if you're not <laughs> Anytime Caitlin sent a love letter, the person's just been like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, they're like, uh, who is this bitch? Like, this bitch, I don't know her. <laughs> it's like, and then... <laughs> and the only love letters I've ever received are from ex-boyfriends who can't get over it. So it's like love, mm. love letters back to love letters back to Caitlin are just hags. <laughs> How's your name, <laughs> Dude, that's that's no. my most favorite thing at work to sign on birthday cards. Hags. No, it's not. They <laughs> are writing. Every hags. time the birthday card goes around, I always write that. They they are writing hags, but they're not wishing me a great summer. They're just like you're a fucking hag. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you don't. Caitlin does comedy. <laughs> Dex, Dex, get in there. After that, rousing closing. A movie that got a bunch of Oscar buzz last year, but ended up getting snubbed out of every award category it had to go unjustfully give me dolomite is my name okay yeah whoa that was on my board i have still not seen it there is there is one floating around that i'm surprised hasn't gone in the first i I think i'm gonna take it you should why do you like though i mean obviously like one of eddie murphy's best performances correct it was so fucking good like his performance and then just the overall story is really compelling like uh, I forget what his name is. Um, the Dolomite guy. What's his actual yeah, yeah. name? Fuck. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Anyway, like, yeah, he just has a really compelling story, and like, just kind of watching how like a movie, a high budget movie about how low budget films come together. Like, it's just really good and funny and mm-hmm. timely and fun, and everyone should watch it. It's like The Artist, but unproblematic. <laughs> and in color Yowch. and with sound. Oh no, not the artist. What was the, what the the one where the room with uh, James Franco? Oh, disaster artist. Disaster D- artist. Disaster. Yeah, it's like disaster yeah. artist, but unproblematic. I, I just watched that. I love oh, disaster yeah. artist. I saw it with my mom, and she goes, "Is this based off of a true thing?" And I'm like, "Yes." There's oh, a, you have no <laughs> idea. A movie. <laughs> oh, like, you have no idea. What's a line? Line. Oh, um, oh hi, Mark. Uh, Caitlin, go ahead. Okay, so I'm gonna take Marriage Story. And the reason I, yeah, (laughs) suck it. Okay. No one said (laughs) it and it's a clear first round pick. Um, I like Noah Baumbach. I also really like, uh, Greta Gerwig and I like Greta, I like Noah Baumbach because I like Greta Gerwig and their partners. So I gave him a shot and I don't regret it. Um, I think Adam Driver gives like the perform, like the serious performance of his career. I've been following him since he was at On Girls, like back in like the mid 2000s. So it's like, I don't know. I think I've always known he could like do strong improv work because Girls was like heavily improvised on TV. But like the improv work that he and ScarJo did is like really good. And I don't know. I like it. I think the scene where he sings Being Alive is a really good scene. It's one of my favorite scenes. Corny as hell. I completely disagree with you. I think it's very powerful. Corny. Um, if you knew anything about the musical company, I think you would agree it's not that corny. But um, I do not. Shout out to Laura Dern for getting an Oscar for like 30 minutes of work. Okay, but her speech yeah. is so good. 
<laughs> she she like seems like she is just like backstabby as hell but in that movie. She feels and like it's awesome. I feel like I like her so much too because I'm like I think this is who I am in 20 years. Like just so bitter oh, with men and like marriage and the idea of like any kind of commitment. I'm like me. Shit. I don't know who that was. That might have been me. Anyway. That's so upset with the idea of marriage and commitment. I'm like, I think I'm Laura Dern in like 20 years. Also, God love her. She's so good. Um, my second pick is more just because I like this movie um, a lot. It's Dumplin'. Damn um, it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, I get that one. So, A, I love Dolly Parton. Um, and I love some Dolly Parton love, but also I think it's one of the few movies where I actually liked Jennifer Aniston. I normally really fucking hate her, but like I found her actually weirdly likable in this film. And also I think this is one of the first films I've watched that tried to do a narrative about a woman that's like fat, like a fat girl and actually like did it well. Like, I think it's so hard to do movies about that without getting like, weirdly cheesy and also just then contributing more to like eating disorders and body dysmorphia i think this one did it in a way that was like actually good also all the drag queen influence is really really good i love drag queens very off character performance kind of for uh for jennifer uh i think that's why i liked her because i was like you're, you're playing a bitch and i believe you're a bitch so i'm about it mm-hmm. like, you just hate all like widely loved white women um, I don't yes. like Jennifer. No, can I tell you why I don't like Jennifer <laughs> Aniston? Uh, Kalina worked with her on, was an extra on a movie with her and said she was like a horrible person and was like a. Shout out Titanic episode. Yeah. So Kalina worked with her once and apparently said she's just a raging bitch, like super rude to everyone on staff. So ever yeah, since. She's then, rich as fuck. She doesn't have to be. So ever since then, I've just like never been a fan of her. She's got them friends' money. Yeah. No, I mean, like, why do you have to be nice? Nah, fuck it. <laughs> You don't have to be nice. She got off the plane. She doesn't have to deal with you anymore. I actually like her performances in a lot of things. And I wish I could like Jennifer Aniston, but I feel like I don't have permission to because she's a bitch. Oh, I don't have permission to. Yeah. Dex, you have permission for another pick. Hell yeah. Dumplin' was going to be my next pick, which is really fucked up. Uh, A lot of my board is gone, actually. So I'm going to go with something a little off the radar, I think. Set it up. Very fun oh, no. rom-com that I watched at the beginning of quarantine. <gasps> That's such a cute movie. It's adorable and it's everything cute. that I want in a rom-com. And yeah, I just, it's funny and cute and dumb. I haven't seen it since it came out, but that's Zoe Dutch and Lucy Liu, right? Like Lucy, Lucy Liu. Yeah, really Lucy nice. Liu's in it. She does a good job. It's cute. Mm-hmm. Jake? Uh... Sort of can't believe I can get this, but I'm glad I can. Always be my maybe. Yeah, that's a good one. On my board. Oh, God on my damn board. it. Uh, I might be taking this a little too early, but I feel like this draft is going to be competitive. I fucking love that movie. That movie's great. I love a good rom-com. I love that even though we're not in the... I mean, we've been in the middle of a Keanu re- uh, renaissance for like the last 20 years. This is still a high point in that outside of like the John Wick series. He was um, fucking. He was awesome. <clears throat> so good. Uh, no, it's just. It's a great. It's a great movie. I love every second of it. What did he say when there's like when they listen to their food before yeah. they eat it or whatever? Well, like, <laughs> Ali Wong is just so lovable. I don't know. 
No, I mean, yeah. I like, um, I like, is it Park? What's his last name? Randall Park? Oh. Randall Park? Yeah, Randall Park's just so, like, he's so. He's adorable. He is. Yeah, he's adorable. He's one of those guys where you're just like, you feel he's also, good. It's the most relatable part of all time. Like, you very much feel like that person. Because I also, like, he got famous off of Fresh Off the Boat, I think, right? As well. Yeah. And, like, I. I've always liked him since watching that show. I don't know. That's one of my favorite sitcoms that was out. Like, like I think they canceled it. But while it was on, it's like one of my favorite sitcoms. And like, I don't know. Also, uh, really hard done by in the interview because he was fucking great. In that. Yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it was great. Also, for anybody that's done it, the most realistic car sex scene of all time. Yeah, it is really realistic. Oh, yeah. The most realistic. I like how we all Deal just with admitted the Titanic. we've had cars. <laughs> Look, it's my mother. Back of it, yeah. Back I'm of sorry. Ninety-nine Jeep. Um, we all lived in dorms. You got to make it happen when you can. Yeah. You fuck in a dorm, and you just put, tell your roommate to get the fuck out. Car sex. Car Damn. sex is for when you're. What's going on? At car Rice? sex is for when you're 16 and you can't go home. Like, God, we get it, Caitlin. This <laughs> is better than us. I got home. Garrett's like. Uh, uh. <laughs> Can we move on to this conversation? Nope. But Garrett, it is your pick. <laughs> All right, so uh, Dolomite, uh, Dolomite is my name was my second round pick. Went off the board early. So um, I'm going to have to go with another Jake Gyllenhaal movie, which he was fantastic in. This is Velvet Buzzsaw. That movie was so fucking weird, man. Oh, weird. oh I, love, I love that weird shit, man. Love that. I don't even know if I got through it. He was, he looked weird in that movie too. He had like the worst bowl cut. Yeah. Is that the one where like paintings kill people or something? Yes. 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 Yeah. Highly recommend. I probably like uh, it. I just couldn't get into it, man. It was a weird sort of thing about pretentiousness and art and everything else. I thought it was really cool to see that side of the art world that like high end gallery world. That was kind of, what got me interested in it, but I think as a horror film, I thought it was really well done. Um, all right, so I got two picks here. I'm going to go with The Fundamentals of Caring. Okay. Uh, Paul Rudd plays a uh, caretaker for a man with, for a kid with, I think, palsy, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, but he's in a wheelchair, and he takes it, and it's very funny and dark, and... Um, makes light of a terrible situation it's really it's really good it's about them driving to the grand canyon for him to see the grand canyon and everything it's it's incredible is selena uh, gomez in that yeah and she's actually not bad she's not bad but it's just like paul rudd paul rudd is like one of his better just films that isn't um uh, apatow or a marvel film yeah and um so it was really it was really good and, and just lighthearted and but dark and funny and uh one that came out that surprised the hell out of me it's not a great <laughs> not great written and some of the effects are bad but extraction with chris hemsworth that came out just a little while ago was fun as mm -hmm. hell man i fucking love that movie that movie was some of the best action i've seen since a john wick movie we didn't review it but it was intense and i could watch that movie over and over again it was so much fun I still haven't gotten to it. I need to get on that. It, it's I, it's worth it. The yeah. story isn't great, but like the fight scenes and stuff make up for it. And Chris Sims, it's a, it's definitely probably his best movie outside of a Thor movie. Garrett, you're up. 
All right. Um, let's see here. So my third round pick. Hmm. I have some options here. I think I'm going to save this one for the fourth round. So I'm going to go with, for my third round pick, I'm going to go with a Stephen King movie. No. Gerald's, Gerald's no. game. No. <laughs> I thought this one might come off the board a little early. So I, I'm going to move it up out of my honorable mentions here. I um, love Carla Gugino. I really, I, I thought this movie was just like, it gave me. Is that how you say your last Gugino, name? Gugino, yeah. I always say Gugino. It's Gugino. It's Italian. She's super, super Italian. Yeah, this movie was just like anxiety the whole time, but like in a way where I just wanted to keep watching. So I really enjoyed this one. I've never seen it. I hate you. I've also never seen it. Or (laughs) the original one. Wow. I'm salty, but like, fuck, man. Wait, what was it? What one was it? Gerald's Game. Gerald's game. I yeah, she, no idea. She has but... to she has to peel her own skin off. Yeah, totally want to watch that. Sure, it's, it's a good time. Mm-hmm. It's scary. No, but, yeah. <laughs> you just watch no, a basic... guy blow up on a mine. Yeah, yeah I think basic... that'll be fine. <laughs> we just saw like a literal spread, like not a spread eagle. I keep saying that. That's spread eagle. <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> Two different things. That's a Again, thing. we'll we'll do the porn version of Midsummer eventually. <laughs> Can we please? There, like, there will already, be one. It's there already will be one. done. It probably exists. <laughs> Jake? Not me. It's Dex. Dex. Wait, sorry. Right? No, it is me. Uh, shit. No, please, it's Jake. Please don't take the thing I want. I have three, and I know I can get all three. I just, I don't know what I'm going to leave off the board. Please don't take the thing out. Okay, here's what I'll do. Uh, um, my third one is one that everybody hates, uh, and for good reason. It's not good, but this is a film series that has meant a lot to me over the years. It's one of the first film series that I actually cared about. I'm taking Cloverfield Paradox. Okay. I like I like that one. Yeah, it's. I understand why everybody hates it, and it really doesn't belong in the Cloverfield universe, except for just like Ten Cloverfield Lane, where it just gets tossed in at the end. But I don't know; it's a good, it's a good space movie. It's a good space horror movie, but it's also comical. It's good. I like it a lot. Once I missed Ten Cloverfield Lane, I knew I was never going to watch any more of those movies. <laughs> there, the whole universe makes no sense, and you can tell JJ everyone's just like keeps forgetting it exists until he's on a project that doesn't have any direction he's like oh shit cloverfield monster throw it in throw it in and then it suddenly it becomes a cloverfield movie and people will watch it just make it a cloverfield movie the first one of That's those scared what the it is. shit out of me dude i'm that was like the first time i realized that like marketing could be like games and stuff and you could force people to do your marketing for you by making up websites and making them look up things for you I thought it was brilliant. The whole movies are not good, but I love it so much. There was one that came out. There's like that and another found footage one that came out at the same time where there's like zombies in a, in a and they have, I don't know, but it, they have to kill a bunch of zombies. Are you talking about the one that's like something eight? Like, yeah, something like that. Um, oh, it's, um, what is it called when, um, where it's like zombie. It's it's based off a it, it's based off a Spanish film, and it's um they're in an apartment and it's fall it's a news crew following yes yes that the police through an apartment yeah 
the original is the Spanish one. I think they redid it. They redid that, Damn but it, that's the one. That, look that up and let me know because it's killing me. But that one scared the crap out of me, and it's not good. But that and Cloverfield came out at the same time. Dex? Record our dot rack. I think it's just rack. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, those record movies were different from what I'm talking about. Yeah. The, You're thinking of Quarantine, which Quar- came out in yes. 08. Yes, Quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of. Speaking yeah. of. Well, that was the remake of the Rec series. Okay. Speaking of Quarantine. Speaking of Quarantine. Dex, go ahead. There's a lot on the board here, but, like, I think this has been our most competitive draft yet. Yeah, we're, like, going for the throat. <laughs> Who's getting horse girl? Oh, Somebody's going to turn it. <laughs> Unicorn star. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Dude, take it. I love that movie. No, thanks. <laughs> Let me go with... Uh, Please <laughs> I also draft... I took this in another draft, actually, of movies that I never want to watch again, but it's really fucking good. I'm going to go with Roma. Okay. 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 I think that yeah. should have been a first-round pick. The- theoretically. Yeah, I mean, that was... That's when streaming movies got their due. Because, yeah, that was clean it up at the Oscars, especially like for a streaming movie, at least. That Yeah, it's it's really fucking good. Like I said, I never want to watch it again. I don't like feeling bad at home by myself. <laughs> uh, but it's just, it's beautiful. It's well-made. Like, it's compelling. It, it's good. It's, it's good as hell. Mm-hmm. Still need to watch it. And I'm, uh, so I don't, I don't even think I should have a podcast if I haven't seen Roma, I guess. Fired. I'm fired. I'm fired. Uh, get out of here. Caitlin. Caitlin. Okay. Let's go. Oh, okay. So I don't like this movie. I'm only, <laughs> I'm only saying it because of its impact, which it had like an immense, I was in college when this movie came out and it had like, it was like, we had full drinking games around this movie because it had like so much replayability, which is Black Mirror Bandersnatch. And that movie it sucks so bad. Oh. It sucks so bad. But it was so culturally appro- like important. Like I feel. I used to have the LSD speech memorized. <laughs> we just used to get super drunk and try to get like really bad endings. Like every single like really bad ending that you could. There's not that many. We just kept thinking that there would be like more. No. Um. And yeah, we had like whole drinking games like set around it. I don't know. It's not a good movie. We also played, this is not on my list, but it's like bird box games and stuff like, like you know. Things oh, that bird are, box. I forgot about that yeah. fucking movie. So it's like, there's just, I think shows that like are, and like the Schmidt Schmidt show like is now trying to do a Bandersnatch thing. And it's like, I don't know. I think it is gonna. Which was not good. Yeah. Well, it never is. Cause choose your own adventure is lame. But, like, I get what it's trying yeah. to do, and I also like the idea of, like, Netflix continuing in that direction, other streaming platforms, if they can get it good. But that's a big if. The best part of that movie is when Will Poulter yeets himself off of a balcony. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He just goes, well, that, see you later, and then just, like, jumps. That was... Or, yeah. Anyway. I thought it was... Like, when I first did it, I thought it was smart because it was like, oh, I'm a player in this show, too. This is good. Uh, it's not. It's not good. It's <laughs> trash. And 
I don't I don't even know if they're gonna make another Black Mirror season. They said that's, that um, they, they said it's already done, so if they just need to release it. Yeah, it, so they said I, I knew like the original writers left the production company or something. So apparently they were gonna release it at the beginning of March and they literally said that things were so bad that they did not feel like it was appropriate <laughs> to release a Black Mirror season. <laughs> well after that Miley Cyrus episode, we're owed something. Yeah. The uh, things suck so bad right now. Right now that it actually fits this narrative of Black Mirror. Well, apparently so. they have an episode on contagions in this new season. So that's, I think, part that, of the oh, reason. Shit. I think they were a little bit like, I don't know if this is the time to release an episode about disease. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Probably not. No. My last one is one I really like. And it, I, it also is near and dear to my heart because I know it's based off of it's a um, biopic not biopic but it's based off of a true story and it my men a person that's very close and dear to my heart was actually the uh, medical examiner in this case and I like know a lot about it so when they made a movie about it I was like really glad which is Lost Girls um, it released this year um, it's essentially about the Long Island serial killer in which like a bunch of women, mostly sex workers, were brutally murdered and then buried on this one plot of land. Everyone essentially knows who did it. He will never be brought to justice. It's not a documentary, but it is um, really well done. It's um, Amy Ryan plays Mari Gilbert, does a really, really good job because it's like all about a mother essentially who like failed her daughter and is now trying to get justice for her daughter later in life. And it's pretty good it's well done and with that pick extremely wicked and incredibly loud and close and no everything is still on the board yeah because that one sucks <laughs> it's a trash film that glorifies ted bundy we don't uh what if ted bundy but sexy as shit i hate it so <laughs> much dex go ahead so yeah my last one because a lot of my other shit got pe- taken already is just going to be a dumb one that's like very recent and probably most people haven't seen it's the wrong missy oh it's so cute <laughs> oh, no. it's so cute people, a people david spade that that <laughs> I-, I love david spade he's too fucking old to be in that rom-com though <laughs> i listened to one podcast Dude. where a guy gave that a two me and my family watched it because my mom was like i heard this movie is funny like, we're like we're sitting on the couch watching it none of us have any idea what the fuck is about to happen me and my dad are fucking dying laughing this entire time like we're watching this movie and my mom's just like this shit fucking sucks so, but we watched it all uh, she's like sat there and watched the entire thing which is rare for her so yeah i will always love that movie for that experience of watching it with my parents I think we can all agree, though, that both women were out of his league, and I don't understand at all the entire premise of this film, that somehow David Spade deserved better than Alternative Missy, but okay. Uh, Just uh, for me, shout out Lauren Lapkus, a true queen. She's so cute. You had to to watch the wrong Missy give David Spade a handjob with your parents? (laughs) Classic been, gags. Uh, I think it's been six years or so since I've seen a David Spade movie. What was that life. one movie where he plays a washed yeah. up pop star? The Dickie Ro- is Joe it, Dirt. Was it? Joe, Joe Dirt. Dirt. No, that's not the one. What? 
Joe Turf, the that, washed up pop star. Is that the one where it's like um, brick wall, waterfall, like you think you know it all? He don't. I do. So boom with that. Um, is that David? Dick, uh, Dickie Roberts, pop star or whatever. Yeah, is that David? No, no, it's uh, Dickie Roberts, child star. Is that David Spade though, or am I making that up? Um, I think that may be uh, I have no Nick. Idea. I, I think that may be Nick Swartzen. Okay, I don't know off the top of my head. Oh, yeah, of course good. he is, because it's uh, it's it's Adam Sandler by your friends a vacation movie. Yes, God bless mm-hmm. him. I will for, forever love Nick Swartzen just for his Reno nine one one performance. <laughs> <laughs> one of the best characters of all time. Oh, Dickie Roberts is David Spade. I was right. Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Um, Jake, final pick. All right. Uh, since Caitlin took Bandersnatch, I don't feel as conflicted taking this. Uh, I'm taking John Mulaney's Sack Lunch Bunch. Okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Is also, that a Jake Gyllenhaal is not a showing up. No, it's it's a uh, a comedy special disguised as a children's special, hmm. and it's absolutely hilarious. There's an entire episode about elder people dating, or an episode. There's an entire song about old people dating that's hilarious. Jake Gyllenhaal shows up as Mr. Music. <laughs> it's great. My list. I've never heard of this, but it seems cool. I love everything that John Mulaney. If you, yeah, if you anything, if you like John Mulaney, this is right up your alley. It's so good. Garrett, final pick. All right, so this one is really obscure, and I probably. I doubt anyone's seen this, but I saw this movie at Austin Film Festival last year, and it's an independent film, um, and I really wanted to see it because it's uh, shot and filmed in Senegal by Senegalese director, but it's called Atlantics, um, and it is so good, such a good independent film. I think you guys should all check it out, but it's like everything I strive to create as you know, like an independent filmmaker. It's just so well done on a nothing budget. All right. <laughs> it's uh, basically these um, these workers in Senegal go out to sea and die, and then their ghosts basically haunt the, um, the owner of the business that sent them out there, if that makes sense. It's kind of a love story, kind of a horror film. Ooh, that's up my alley. Mm. Mm. To the list it goes. To the list. Shout, All right, out, I'm shout out to the African films, though. Don't get enough love. Shout out. The um, my final pick oh. is uh, the two popes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, not a real oh, film. <laughs> a real film. <laughs> pick a real film. Um, my final pick, and it's not the best movie, and it could have been so much better, and I was actually very disappointed on it, but because. Uh, a lot of stuff came off the board. Uh, Triple Frontier with uh, Ben Affleck and all all the all the people. Ben Affleck is in there for like two seconds. He gets domed in the movie, which is great. Um, uh, who else is in this movie? A lot of people. Sorry, let me. I don't know it. It's like it's like a pretty run of the mill. Oh, Oscar Isaac. Like it could have been so much better. Uh, oh, Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, Pedro Pascal are all in this movie. 
Okay, that is a stack. It cast. is stack cast, and they do their best. the The directing, the action sequences are great. The story makes no sense, <laughs> but like, but like that puts it up there with me. I think Extraction was a better action film, but as far as like action films that that they have put out, it's it's pretty good. Um, very run of the mill, but stack cast. Ben Affleck gets shot in the fucking head. It's great. Um, a lot of things that we left on the board. The Meyerowitz stories, Mudbound, uh, which I haven't oh, seen. Yeah. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which people I think like. Uh, horse girl. Uh, I have horse girl. Yeah. Uh, Between two ferns movie. Oh, I forgot oh, yeah. about between. Oh. A feudal Damn, and that stupid gesture. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was one I struggled. That was gonna be my fourth pick if you wouldn't let me take John Mulaney. Um, uh, Feudal have, and Stupid okay, Gesture this... was actually pretty good. The one about uh, oh, that was a really good one. It was it was a fine comedy about uh, National Lampoons, but um, um, the documentary. There's better. one on my list that it's gonna be shit on because it's a terrible sort of horror action film, but it's spectral. Mm where war ghosts are like haunting a russian city and we have to fight them using <laughs> like basically ghostbusters technology Fuck yeah it's it's really bad um but essentially the ghosts can kill everybody just by running through them so like hordes of american soldiers just get mowed down by one guy just kind of casually floating through them Hell so yeah. it has like a bit of a comedy element to it but they like had to kill them with giant ass lights it's pretty bad but it's kind of funny i only had one uh, that i didn't get to list which was just the half of it which came out this year that was just like a cute little like a cute lesbian love story and also a little bit of like a Cyrano de Bergerac kind of thing like i'm communicating through someone else but actually like done well i thought it was cute the only two on my list that didn't get brought up were when we first met, which is like bumper from Pitch Perfect, like trying oh, to go back yeah. in time oh, and get out yeah. of the friend zone with, uh, oh. with uh, Adam Devine. What's her face? Yeah. Heard that movie stunk. It did stink. But it's it not was good. Kind of funny and not horrible. Funny way. and cute and Alexandra. stupid. Alexandra Dario. I hate her. I hate her only because of like oh. Percy Jackson. I wish I could like Alexandra Daddario because she did a good job and she was active. But is incredible. She fucked Jordan. up Percy Jackson so <laughs> Love <bad>. her. <laughs> Dumb bitch. For being the other woman in True Detective. It's not her fault. I just, I fucking love Annabeth Chase and she really fucked it up, but it's okay. Yeah, she was great in True Detective. <laughs> she was great in True Detective with her titties out. <laughs> like... <laughs> what was the other one, Dex? Like Father with Kristen Bell and Fringe. Oh, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't bad. That that exists in a universe where you have to think like all Seth Rogen movies that these very attractive women are gonna fall in love with Seth Rogen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it's like now they would. Um, like I feel like attractive women would now fall in love with Seth Rogen, but that's because he has money. Yeah. <laughs> um. You that laughed. Was that was a completely movie. sincere point that I was like. A terrible Seth Rogen laugh. Um. And as uh, always, fuck the Irishman. Yeah, fuck that shit. No. <laughs> so Garrett, do you like the so Irishman? Hard. I don't no. want to make you feel bad. Okay, good. No, fuck the Irishman. Irishman. It's yes. a circle jerk. It is. It, just, it insists upon itself. It does Scorsese insist. Scorsese just it, congratulating himself all over a room. <laughs> Congratulations. Just wall to wall. It's me. I brought uh, all my I friends back. I have mascots, which is... 
I made the deposit. Fuck out of here. <laughs> just like, I made the deposit. <laughs> um, the last one I have on my list is Mascots, which is the Christopher Guest mockumentary about professional mascots. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. Um, in that- the same. In the same vein as, like, Best in Show. I love that shit. Um, if you ever like a Christopher Guest movie, you'll love this one. It's a bit less as fun, um, but it's still great. Hell yeah. Need to, I need to add that one. That, sound, that sounds hilarious. Best in Show is... I, I think everybody that loves, like, comedies knows about Best in Show or whatever but mm-hmm. like it's still one of those ones where it's like still cr- somehow criminally underrated yeah like best in show r.i.p fred willard r.i.p Aww. big r.i.p i have a movie yeah. i want to ask y'all about because i haven't seen it yet but i planned on watching it when it came out never got around to it is the king any good mm-hmm. what oh it's, oh it's oh i should have written that down it's not bad it's way too long and the direction isn't that great but like, but he does a he does a pretty good job. He whispers a lot. Joel Edgerton is fun in that movie as like a fat drunk. But um, it's fine. It's you have to d- suspend disbelief that that skinny ass Timothy Chalamet would win in a sword fight. But other than that, <laughs> oh, that's the Lily Rose Jet movie. I mean, okay. oh, also I think um, it's about to make it call me by your name. Joke, no, uh, I'm kind of glad I did. <laughs> no, well, uh, I think um, you said sword fight. We all got here. I think Flores Pugh's in the king, right? Um, I, know, yeah. I, I know Lily Rose Depp is. Um. Oh, also Robert Pattinson doing the most crazy French accent that I've ever heard, <laughs> and then getting owned at the end of the. I mean, it's 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 fine. It's fine. It's way too long. Florence Pugh is an outlaw doing. In Outlaw accent. King. That was another one that I should have written down. That was fine too. <laughs> Wait, I love it. Like if you look up the King, which is a historical drama, the first question is: Is the King based on a true story? <laughs> is it? Nah, absolutely what if it's not. not? <laughs> I love how on all these King throwback movies from like the seventh century or whatever, they all have like these undercuts. Yeah. And <laughs> because never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Anything else? Two-hour pod. We did it, folks. That was so concise the liberal for me- us. The liberal media was saying that we couldn't do it. We did how it. Our, we did it. How is our pod shorter than this movie? That never happens. We normally outdo <laughs> the movie. That's true. That's very true. Uh, Garrett, tell them where they can find what you're working on. Tell them where they can find your social medias, things like that, if you want to plug it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm on Instagram. Just my name, Garrett.Hardy. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at G2Woke. And yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Don't add me on Facebook. You won't see that. <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing is there. Fans of the pod bracelet. just start adding you on Facebook. And by fans of the pod, I mean like our parents. <laughs> hey, my, yeah. My parents. And Caitlin. Caitlin friends everybody on Facebook for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my uh, my parents don't listen to this. Um, Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Um, Call your dad, even though this is going to come out on Wednesday, so it's a little bit late. Everybody knows. Call your dad anyway. Everybody knows. Call your dad. Call your mom. Call your grandparents. All right, let's wrap it up. You can follow us at the One Take Pod. That is the number one take pod on Twitter 
and Instagram. We are now up to over 100 followers on uh, Twitter. <laughs> Shout out. We did it. We did it. Um, it the people were saying that we couldn't, and we did. Um, wow. Also, shout out to <laughs> take that haters. Um, <laughs> shout out to Tej also for sharing our pod. Yeah, I was gonna all say the by the singular yeah. advertising us alive, force Tej. of Tej, we have made yeah. hundred followers. Shout out! Um, but you can also follow us on Instagram too. It's a lot of the same content, but on Instagram, um, just depends on what platform you like better. You can also download and subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcast, please leave a five-star review. That helps us a lot in the algorithm. Uh, tell us what movie that you want us to review, and then we will do that, too. We have a big guest coming up. We're doing The King of Staten Island next week. We, we should, little teaser, should have a really big guest coming up next week. Um, so get ready for that, King of Staten Island next week uh also you can follow us at the one one take pod.simplecast.com and if you have any questions email us we may check it in three weeks at one take podcast show <laughs> at gmail.com one take podcast show i check out once a week yeah one take pod at gmail we'll get back one take to you in five to six business day <laughs> if you want to talk to jake i'll i'll be there on monday and fridays <laughs> well most of this podcast could have been an email anyway so the uh, probably <laughs> Uh, one take podcast show at gmail.com. Dex, what are we doing? Hashtag support Florence Pugh. Hashtag don't do crime. Hashtag Black Lives Matter. Hashtag. Also, hashtag. <laughs> also, hashtag. Yeah, hashtag in the trap. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag wash your hands and wear a face mask. I don't care if it's inconvenient. Do both. You look like an adult whenever you don't wear a face mask in public. You look like an idiot. And I hate you. You look like All an right. adult, which just sounds like you look like an adult. And I'm like, that's also true. You look like a fucking boomer. Yeah, <laughs> you look like an adult. So wear a face mask when you go to the grocery store. Nobody's going to think different of you. All right. Thank you. Shout out. We out. We out. We out, bro. There's something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody